okay, so we're going? I think we're good to I go. I think we're on. It's just I just heard Merksy swearing, so I'm never <laughs> sure if we're on when. Okay, hello. Welcome to the Wheelhouse Podcast, episode 80-something. You know what? Let's let's reframe, because I don't know what episode it is, Kate Bates. You know what it is? We're on the road to 100. The green and gold road. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Well, how are you? Welcome back to the bunker. Oh, you know, I'm great because yes. it is festival, almost festival time. Uh, but I went out to the BMX yesterday to watch them warming up and yep. getting ready for the World Cup that's this weekend. Holy moly. Whew. It's it's cycling, but it's right up the other spectrum to the road bike stuff. It's rather intense. It and is. It's and for those cool. not familiar with Brisbane, the home of I guess Brisbane cycling, unofficially the Anamir's Velodrome, that whole location in beautiful Chandler is being transformed into a BMX mania for the weekend and some absolute great local hopes, mm. but also some of our world-class mm. uh, Olympians and whatnot. And as they well. know how to do it properly, Joel. Yeah. Food trucks as far as the eye can see. I liked that aspect, especially. Yeah. Um, so heading out again tomorrow, myself taking the stack hat and the elbow pads, just in case an opportunity presents. Yeah, JIC. Well, uh, Mizzy and I are taking the uh, the family out to nice. watch on the weekend. Who's Mizzy? Sorry, Merksy. Yeah. Big reveal on the Wheelhouse <laughs> podcast. G'day, Merksy. Looking forward to getting on your BMX. Oh, I can't wait. Do they have wine at the BMX or just food? Oh, it's a, uh, we're, we're going to the VIP function. Of course, yeah. Thank yeah. you, Oz Cycling, uh, for th- entertaining th- us. I think so it's, I, um, I'd guess so compulsory to to be able to handle the nerve-wracking action of BMX to have a glass of vino? Oh, certainly a Red Bull. Um, (laughs) But based on the uh, food trucks that I saw, I think that might might be the priority. Okay. Well, all of that and much, much more. We'll preview the BMX World Cup right here in beautiful Brisbane. Also, Kate has some grievances with the UCI, something completely different on that show. Looking forward to sharing that with you as well. A little bit of social media drama to unpack as well another day another drama and mm. speaking of drama a, a, an absolute dumpster fire of a of a scandal has erupted down south right ra- regarding the issuing of a ticket uh, to a bike rider to a cyclist we're going to talk about that and try and stay calm a little bit later as well but firstly i just want to reiterate that the wheelhouse podcast throughout its its nearly 100 episode existence has very proudly not been a news service. It is not a news service. I repeat, we are not here to do the news. Having said that, Kate Bates, over to you. <laughs> For the quick spin. Uh, well, this week, friends of the wheelhouse, Aussies, Ben O'Connor and Jay Vine, they dominated the third stage of the UAE tour, finishing first and second respectively. Uh, now, Glutzi O'Connor's final uphill sprint secured him the stage win. While Vine, he took the overall lead. Now, the event, Joel, was marked uh, by a bit of high drama because Adam Yates had a big crash that took him out. Um, We'll talk about that later, but it did open the door for the Australians' very impressive performances. Uh, Now, while we're on the Aussie front, the inform Saya Sakakabara leads the Aussie team into the BMX World Cup in Brisbane this weekend. Uh, I had a chat to her and she said that her consistent wins over the last 12 months have come largely because she's found a sense of calm uh, and she learnt to breathe through the big stuff and let go of the other stuff. So that's pretty cool. It's a good lesson for all of us, I reckon. Sure is. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, six-time Olympic champion Chris Hoy, he has announced that he's undergoing cancer treatment, uh, which is very sad news. Now, diagnosed last year, 
Uh, Hoy's currently receiving chemotherapy and he reports that he's going fine, that everything is going well. He wanted to keep his health matters private, uh, but for his family's sake and circumstances, he's had to come public. So we wish him all the best uh, with that. Now, as we approach the classic season, it's great news for fans to see Mariana Vos back on the podium at the Santmana Valenciana. Uh, it's her first podium since quite a bit of nasty form around the cyclocross. It's a season that was marred with injury and illness and we've seen a struggle. Alyssa Balsamo uh, from Lidl Trek, she was also in fine form, winning the first and last stages. Not as fine as Joel's dancing. Uh, and some more good news for the Dutch women. Chantel van der Broek Black has made her comeback to racing after maternity leave. She competed in the duo criterium in Noldwijk in the Netherlands. Thank you, Joel, for the accompanying dance moves. Uh, competing alongside her teammate Femke Marcus, that marked her first race since September 2022 after she took some time off for the birth of her first child in May 2023. Uh, now, speaking of the Women's World Tour, it's heating up, Joel. The market for it. There were some rumours that Demi Vollering was headed to the UAE for a million euro contract. Oh. Uh, SD Works, uh, they got a little bit worried and they have moved fast. They have inked overnight, literally overnight, a five-year deal with world champion Lotta Kapeka. Uh, so that is very exciting for women's cycling. But speaking of hot competition, Joel, I think this will interest you and Merksy. Uh, the Sudal Quick Step cycling team have launched a new podcast oh. called The Wolf Pack Howls. Okay. Uh, the podcast aims to bring fans closer to the team. It's understood that the podcast was dreamt up by the writers uh, who wanted a platform to respond to Lefebvre's regular public roastings. <laughs> More on that later. And uh, Joel Merksy? That is the quick spin. Oh, Katarina Bartes. Outstanding. Not as outstanding as the accompanying artistic dance. How can Thank you not you. dance to that new sting? Uh, Merksy, well done. Now, Kat, let's we do it for really ready to hit record it, this time? It's like you had a teleprompter or something. Well, no. I mean, I had Joel dancing um, yes. sideways. but uh, No yeah, other look, aids no, whatsoever. We do, we, we do it all very professionally in this studio. Yeah, it's yeah. not news. It's, it's uh, not news. It's no. definitely not news. It's uh, just, what did we call it? The roll quick around. spin. The roll around. <laughs> what did we call it? <laughs> we're, we're, we're workshopping names. A, a, a Kate, I've just got Kate Reed, so we'll just call well, it Kate Reed. Merksy wanted to call it Cracking the Whip or oh, The yeah. Whip Around, something like yeah. that, because he had yeah. a really great whip yep. sound effect. Hey, look, we're open to your suggestions for that not news segment. Uh, not the news is my idea news. as well. Kate, on that, not a news service, let's head over to social media. Catherine, you have a little bit of information there. And I want to just challenge you quickly uh, in the following read, which isn't a read because it's not news. Can you find a place for the word incandescent? Oh, for the for the next um, yeah. spin cycle. Oh, wait, yeah. quick spin. <laughs> We'll get this. We'll the get next this. Whatever it's we'll called. nail it. Yeah, yeah. I'll work on that. Okay, great. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. Okay, thank you very much, Catherine. That's not the news from the Wheelhouse Podcast, episode 80-something-something, something, counting down to 100. Now, let is let us actually head to social media because it's the, the only place to go for our kind of not news on this show. Now, there's been a bit of a, a blow-up, so to speak, between a couple of big names. Now, I'm not saying... Uh, these are passing names in the world of cycling. I'm talking about Philippe Gilbert and Marianne Russo going to war on social media. Now, you say war, but you say that more of an attack, more of a one-sided battle at this stage. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Lefebvre 
is behind um, a matter of wars. It's a okay. one-sided war because um, Patrick Lefebvre, in summary, uh, was quoted on a podcast. Turns out he was a bit mistranslated from um, Dutch to English, uh, but pretty much slamming Julian Alaphilippe and saying uh, he didn't work hard, he had no work ethic, he had some issues with partying and alcohol and whatnot. Now, that creates a whole issue because is that really for the public domain? Ah, I don't know. But where we really got the popcorn out uh, is that Rusa has then gone on social media to defend his honour mm-hmm. and the family's honour. And it sounds to me uh, like perhaps he's taken issue with her in the past about how much she works and her priorities in supporting her partner racing because she was really not happy and she said, you do not get to attack me and my family. We have no issues with alcohol, anything like that, back off. Yeah. So, you know, to his credit, Lefebvre came out and said, no, no, she's right. Some of those comments were from 2022 and he's been wonderful since. So oh, okay. almost recanting. Yeah. But that doesn't stop the drama because uh, Philippe Gilbert's wife, she jumps on into the chat, doesn't she, Joel? And writes like an absolutely scathing yeah. response to Roos. Was it in caps lock? Look, it it may as well have been. Yeah, okay. I mean, it was a real shocker. And she pretty much says like, you don't know what you're talking about. This is your version. But everybody knows what Julian gets up to and you're not fooling oh. anybody. And when you've had a microphone in your hand because Roos was um, a Eurosport commentator, yeah. she still is doing some of that work. You're saying these things about people uh, and has really muddied the waters. Wow. But <laughs> the funniest part, I think, Joel, is that she Wait, finishes. there's more? There's more. She finishes this long, like, complete rip apart yeah. with what she claims is a proverb. I don't okay. know of what origin, but right. this proverb is said to say, you wanted to eat the sheep and now you're shitting the wool. Okay. All right. Yeah, sure. You, you wanted to do it. You caused the drama. Now you're dealing with it. You sure. wanted to eat the, the sheep. Now you're shitting yep. the wool. Now I went online looking. I found 225 sheep-related proverbs. proverbs yep. That was not one of them. Not one that came out of Confucius's mouth, I'm Not sure. one. But I think we're muddying the issues here. Uh-huh. I mean, it was all kind of sorted out. Lefebvre said, yep, you're right. Like, that was taken out of context. Yeah. And we can talk, you know, ad nauseum about his public roasting of his writers. Yep, that's not a new topic. But why Madame Gilbert mm. wanted to jump on in? Oh, She's come out with an out, be something out behind that. flaming, like a proper, proper smackdown. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I don't know what that's about, but... Well, I mean, you could say we're gossiping, but also they're putting this in the public domain, so... It's always such a yeah. What's going like on you, there? You, you write that message and you're so angry that you just hit hit tweet or hit whatever. Hmm. Take a breath. Well, Have and a it, read. look, it's all it's all made a bit worse because we're going from Dutch to English. There's a lot of French being used by Bruce is in French. Gilbert's yeah. wife is writing in French. We're using auto translate, Instagram translate. Yeah. There's going to be some, some cock-ups. So, yeah. so maybe that's not the proverb. If anybody can help us with the actual proverb, Merksy. No, Have I was just going to say, that? do you think Lulu will be at Quick Step next year? Ooh. I'd have to say no. Lefebvre's, look, 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 Lefebvre, know. we're now calling him Lefebvre as of just now, Yeah, has a little bit of a, as you say, like, come on, Julie. Sort your shit out. Yeah. No no pasta for you tonight. Salad only. No. Uh, you, know. you know, I mean, I remember 
back in, well, I'm going to say 2012 or 2013, Bradley Wiggins' wife, Kath, had uh, quite a flare-up on social media with Chris Froome's wife, oh, no. uh, Michelle or fiancé at the yeah, time. Yeah. They were on social media and the team banned them. Like the team said, this is causing all sorts of issues, not just for the lads, but for the broader team. And yeah. what are you doing? But they were getting into it as well. You do hear about some epic, epic, epic fallouts among partners, uh, family and partners and in team environments. It can be incredibly destabilising. And the way it's managed really does sort of make yeah. or break a team's future, a team's season, immediate future, I should say anyway. But this one... Something going global, but the added the added beauty of cycling fights is, as you say, three different languages heating up, flaming one another. Well, uh, look, what I've learned is there's a very, very popular uh, TikTok series at the moment um, by a lovely lady, uh, and the series is called WTF, Did I, Is the Man I Married? So she married somebody who was, you know, quite unsavoury anyway. It's a 55-part series that she's just made on her phone. Um, she does it driving to work, just right. kind of spilling the tea. Yeah. And there are millions of people watching every 55 parts. So what I'm thinking is people are quite interested oh, in Oh, people this. love it. I don't know. Maybe it's because it makes your life seem actually quite boring and normal. So like you, you have a rough week yeah, at work yeah. or with a family or whatever and you think like, gosh, my life's a mess or things are tough or yeah. is every family this crazy? And then you, you get these things and they make you feel delightfully normal. Everything's normal, everything's okay. It is. Yeah. Or you can just watch a bit of maths and yeah. make yourself feel <laughs> yeah. pretty normal as well. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's been pitched many a time, but bring back the pitch for the, like, wags and, hold on, boyfriends and husbands yeah. and the bads. Yeah, oh, look, the, the it, wags and the bads. The wags and the bads. It's 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 absolutely a thing. We've seen wait, wait, um, bars, bars, boys. B a h, yeah, yeah. bars. Uh, yeah, Australian anyway. cricket, rugby league in, in recent years. I remember when COVID happened, there was a huge thing about look, we've got to get the players up here, but maybe not the families because all in lockdown together, it's going to be nasty. But anyway, that happened and it all went okay. But there's always something going on. Yeah. You know, you know, Lulu. Does he like getting out on the on the drink? And uh, I think on? he does. Yeah, good. Yes. He's good also into him. his high fashion. He's yeah. a bit of a mover and shaker. <laughs> well, I love this because fashion has such a place in the sport of cycling. I'm still celebrating that James Bond pick from the other week. Not even that, though. The get-ups, Kate. Now, let's let's talk about this because we had... Look, we were rather attached to the Pooh Brown Knicks of AG2R. Okay? Very, very, When they went, I was almost like, you know what, I don't, why, why bother staying... I was upset with that. I, I would never have bought them. I didn't want to wear them, but yeah. I was attached to the riders wearing them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But fashion is back in the headlines yet again with some very quirky kind of looks that, I'll be honest, might have the potential to replace the Pooh Brown in my heart and, I'm, and in the hearts of many, many, many followers around the world. You're laughing, but I'm so serious right now. Are you really? Absolutely. Well, because denim is denim. back. That's yeah, what we're talking about. Yeah, that's why. About. 100%. Yeah. I'm sporting it right I'm, now. Well, yeah. look, I haven't yet learned how to wear denim in the humid conditions that, <laughs> yeah. that uh, we have um, up where we are in Brisbane. But Alpes and Deconic have come out. They've launched their new kit, and it's denim. I mean, denim look, not yeah. actual denim, but is Lycra pretending to be denim. We have a photo uh, of it. If, you, if you're listening on, you can see it on social media as well. But like, I've got to... Yeah, sure, it looks like, like it. denim. It's not 
it doesn't. I'm I'm just I'm I'm like nonplussed by it. It <laughs> sort of looks like denim. It kind of just looks like a blue ride suit. There's a close up, sure. It's I, denim. Yeah, yeah. look. At, at first, I was a bit like, oh, can we not just have like similar kits? Okay. From previous years, like it's hard enough. Stop to, changing the kits. Oh, we changed the names. We changed the kits. We changed everything. But then I thought, and and I was comparing it to footy jerseys. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. the para jersey that I wear to the footy, I could have worn. 20 years ago when I got it, not much has changed, mm-hmm. right? But now, actually, I'm looking at like the collabs that EF Education Easy Post started back at the Tour de France with yep. Rafa. You know, they did a bit of a crazy um, outfit and, mm-hmm. and kit choice. I think it's kind of cool. It's awesome. It's another opportunity for people to buy merch because also remember when uh, Matthew Vanderpool put out that limited edition jersey and no, we didn't get one. We tried. Did try. We did oh, try. How we tried. It yeah. was like Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah. Like Ooh. you had to be online and quick fingers. Taylor Swift tickets were easy to get compared to <sighs> that. So we didn't get one, but we wanted to and we would have paid whatever they were asking. Yeah, yeah. And uh, look, so. okay, okay. So on that, if it's a significant milestone or a significant sort of bit of historical symmetry that we're celebrating, such as in Machu when he made his TDF debut, that kind of thing, we'd, we're all about the poo-poo, sure, bring it out. But when you're saying they're changing kits willy-nilly every other year, it does it makes it a little bit difficult to keep up. They're changing names, they're changing kits, they're changing effing everything. Well, yeah, they are. So I think that it would be really cool if the UCI... If you're listening, if hi you, guys. We know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> if we could have alternate kits, like two kits a season. A home and away kit. Yeah, a home and away kit that yep. they, you know, there might be some protocol around when it's a home yep. kit or an away kit, but that would be cool. It's not the first time Denim's been in the peloton though, people. Look at this. Okay. Look at this. Merck's this is, done some this deep is right. Diving. Yeah, this is the, uh, the oh, 90s. Right. <laughs> there it is. Carrera. That's like proper jeans. That well, looks like a wet, it looks like a, he's going <laughs> scuba diving. Well, so what they did, they released it, it was just Nixon jersey. And at first, everyone was like, ah, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. But then as it kind of gained some momentum, Look there's Marco Pantani yeah. with it on. I mean, Claudio Chiapucci, the climber, he wore it. Jamaluddin Abdul Japarov, uh, one of the most iconic sprinters. Stephen Roach. Two shades of blue on the Knicks, though, looks a bit yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? Look. Yeah. I think fair to say that, <laughs> that <about laughs> fabric and technolo- printing technologies have advanced Is since it then. To draw our attention be, to the... Did they run out and have yeah. to use a little patch? Are you talking yeah. about oh. the chamois or the zip area? Anyway, it's Merxie? pretty obvious if you're looking at it, people. <laughs> yeah, look, okay. okay, for those not looking, the bulge is a different colour to the rest of the neck. Yeah. yeah, but that's sh- chamois. Yeah, but yeah, that's the that's yeah. the steak. A- anyway. That's the rib fillet, she says. It was, okay, fair enough. It was popular, so then they brought yep. out arm warmers and leg warmers. Yep. So then it really looked like they were wearing like a... Denim onesie, but they're so. But then we fast forward a couple of decades and say, like, "Arm warmers, leg warmers." No, get them off if you want to ride this stage. What are you doing? Get them off. Where do you see I? Look, I've just got to let you know we've put an order in for you, Joel. Good. Uh, so <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, it is the Wheelhouse Podcast, all things fashion. Uh, we're both looking pretty sharp in our well, my oh, Wheelhouse I think, yes. kit no today. No lycra, but yeah. Uh, not, not, not that you can see. Uh, now, uh, what the fire truck UCI is a segment that I love 
It's been missing for an episode. It's back, Kate. Well, we just got them listening. So, yeah. g'day, guys. Great to have you. Good to see you again. Yeah. yeah. When are you coming uh, on? What we're talking about today is uh, head injury protocols. And now that I've dived into this a little bit more, I don't know if my if my jam is really with the UCI. But what has happened is Adam Yates uh, at the UAE tour, he's crashed with about 50K left in the stage. Uh, now, apparently he hit one of those cat eyes yes. on the road. I oh. think in different states they call them different things. But the little road markers that sit in the middle and illuminate at night yep. to keep you safe from the, the line marking. Every cyclist knows you stay the heck away from them. That's a little bit more difficult on open roads. Anyway, he's hit the deck and he's gone down so hard on his head. Oh, oh mortifying to watch yeah. his poor mother and father uh, and family, I tell you. But the issue came when he was not given a head injury assessment. Oh, okay. Right? So this has come up before and, oh, okay, so sorry. Yep. we could talk, I thought, oh, UCI, how are you letting this happen? Mm. But actually, the UCI has a pretty good protocol in place so a decision that, tree the team's not following the protocols or yeah so i'm gonna hold this up because it's yep. like a, a mind map of it and it's called the sports related concussion protocol decision tree and it starts with witness or reported crash with potential potential mm-hmm. um, for a concussion and then it goes into rider conscious speaking spontaneously um, asking them questions, who's your team director, what race are you mm-hmm. at, all that sort of stuff. If they can't fly through that, they're immediately withdrawn from the race. Yep. And then it goes on to all of the other protocol to ensure what happens next. But wonderfully, they are withdrawn. But they didn't yeah. give him the test. So he gets back on his bike and it was only on the lower slopes of the finishing climb, the glutesy one mentioned that earlier, go Glutzi, uh, that he he pulled out. The team car had not seen the vision of it, but they started hearing about it and they yeah. went to talk to him and they said it was very clear. He was saying, oh, I'm fine, but they said very clear he wasn't. Now, afterwards, Joel, he said he can't even remember the crash. He's since been assessed and they've said he is now under concussion watch. He has a concussion and they need to now monitor what's going to happen. I, I just, so, I, I'm... Shocked and appalled on many levels. Well, Catherine. so I guess it isn't the UCI on this case. They've actually, you know, they've passed the litmus test um, oh, look, on this one. But the UAE tour, yeah, where was the race doctor? How does this happen? They need to, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't it's, know exactly how it failed, but it failed. The problem is, though, what if it happens when it's not on camera? Like, it's on camera. There's no excuse. Everyone notices it. But if yeah. it's, you know, in the Grappetto or not on camera... And how did they know that they need help? Yeah. Is it not? Okay, so the, the, this protocol, as you say, you've got the map there. It's all pretty clear and it's pretty standard. It makes sense. Of course it does. It. Why is it not being enforced? Well, at, that's at a, it. Well, yeah. like at a massive, massive race. It, it, it's, I'm not... Look, UCI, it's great that you have a procedure in place, but you have to be applying the procedure. And if you can't... A rider who's just had a massive head knock go, I'm fine. No, that doesn't matter. And, and he hit his head so hard. Like yeah. it was really clear, he hit his head so hard. And, and I the, suppose yeah. that's where we now wait. Yeah. And we say, UCI, do your thing. Yeah. This is you need to make sure race organisers. This isn't a maybe tick box, especially when UAE Tour, UAE Rider, GC Hope. You know, I hope that that's just a coincidence. I fear it is not. Yep. 
But the UCI, this is their opportunity to step in, release a statement and do something about it and say, no, no, we don't accept this. Yeah. And we've made moves to make sure this doesn't happen this again. This can't happen again. Yeah. And, and th- that's the thing. Merxy makes a really good point about blind spots on a, on a massive course. If it's a stage that goes for hundreds of kilometres, of course there's going to be moments that aren't in the in the in the spotlight at all times but use a volunteer have someone stand like you know what i mean at intervals that can see crashes and i think you need to have a default policy if they come off doesn't matter they have to have a test Mm. but also all world tour races are supposed to be live broadcast so it should also be pretty easy that there's always cameras yeah 100 percent. but you know even if you fall and you clearly fall on your on your bum and not on your head there's still the chance for whiplash, all of that sort of stuff. Just make it standardised. If you come off the bike, you get a test. Yes. And we see – and I, look, I'm going to have a quick rant here. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> We've seen it in other sports. We've seen head injury issues at the, at the elite level affect participation and things like that at the junior level because parents go, you know what? I don't want little Tommy or Tammy to be, right, to be doing this and putting themselves at risk and not being cared for, not having duty of care from the upper echelons of their sport. Rant over for now, but we've spoken about this before and it's just not, it's not okay. World sport has moved to a point where we very much recognise the impacts of concussion over a long period of time, over many decades. We're seeing it here in Australia. We're seeing class actions against this stuff from decades in the past. It's not the past anymore. It's 2024. Get your protocols in place and enforce them. I've got an idea. Tech, like a little sensor in the helmet, you know, accelerometer, hits the deck... Bang. Little light goes on. I mean, they've got yeah. the, they do have this sort yeah. of stuff. Like I had a um, a couple of helmets in the past that had that sort of stuff on it that goes a step further where you can link it to an emergency contact. So if this goes off, mm. your contact is alerted. If they can't get in touch with you within a nominal period, then they know you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah. yeah so... This kind of technology exists, but yeah, they they need to better utilise it without putting, again, more burden on that would mean cutting costs in other areas. So they need to be smart about how they do it, but they need to prioritise the noggins. The noggins, absolutely, for the future of the sport and those who participate in it. Now, Tech, Merxley, I love your idea. Let's patent that as quickly as we can. One that we haven't patented Unfortunately, but Kate, you'd like to showcase. You're, you're enjoying a little bit of tech from week to week at the moment. And you've got a, I'm going to say, I'm just going to say out and out a, a weird one, a weird combination of words to describe this tech. Kate, it's what on earth is, <laughs> drum roll, a bike desk? Well, a bike desk. Is, is, it, is it what it suggests? It is what it yeah? suggests. Okay. <laughs> Okay, good. All right. All right. So in the last couple of weeks, I've had these uh, fantastically shiny products in here. Uh, And so this week when I was looking at tech, this kept popping up. It's called a bike desk. This one in particular uh, was on Amazon, but it seems you can find them quite broadly. It's essentially a stationary bike, Mm -hmm. but instead of handlebars, you have a flat desk within a nice kind of forearm armchair so that you can work from the bike i'm suspicious we showcased a couple of weeks ago a bike desk a, a mm. homemade bike desk did we? and then lo oh, and behold we did. lucy stewart Lu- lucy stewart's dad yeah, made her a bike stewart. desk while she had a, a wing out of action lo and behold a few mere weeks later we're talking about a, a bike mm. desk well look they didn't break copyright because okay. we called that the boffy table 
We did too. If you remember. Right. Yes. Uh, but they do say that it's got comfortable and customizable design. Very good. Joel. Uh, what I the issue I take with it um, is I think you're still going to uh, look to be clear. Bike bug do not sell this product. Sure. But you're probably going to want to duck over and use the code wheelhouse um, yep. to get your ten percent off a new saddle. For this thing, uh, probably some chamois cream. I mean, if we're talking about spending eight hours a day now on the bike while working, especially if you're wearing um, denim, especially yeah. <laughs> yeah. you kind of want some new nicks. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm thinking there's a whole slew of accessories. I mean, they're for the people, Joel, who yeah. aren't keen to go and get one of the Colnagos that Pogacha, you know, wins the Tour de France on. If that's not your wheelhouse sure then we can still help you be comfortable with your bike desk okay so reiterating bike bug does not sell the bike desk but it sells everything else everything else okay 10 percent code wheelhouse all lowercase all lowercase but it look, i do like the idea of a bike bike desk there I'm you go mercy christmas present sorted no, I don't think he's going to No, yeah. I'm all over. I'm just looking at their site. They've also got nimble <laughs> shoes back in at Bike Bug, and um, she needs shoes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, she, she does. Needs, she needs shoes. Just she take does. your headphones off for a sec, Kate. Uh, what, what am I taking my headphones take them off? Just one sec, Merksy. Just the, the deck, desk or the shoes or both? What do you no, think? What, what, I think desk and shoes. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Um, hey, Kate, welcome back. I mean, Merksy's a tech genius, so he's aware that I could hear that the whole time. All of that. Merry Christmas. Just FYI, Joel. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you very much. It's episode <laughs> counting down to 100 of the Wheelhouse yeah. Podcast. I'm yeah. Joel Spreadborough. Episode Catherine Bates. getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Ambassador Bates is here as well. Now, we were talking about this earlier. It is really exciting. Bunker and the bunker inside the bunker. Big surprise. We're here in beautiful Brisbane, uh, the centre of the BMX universe this weekend. Catherine, mm. the World Cup Series. It is all happening. And it's it's an incredible setup out there. I just think that we, we often speak about the courage of, of cyclists in general, but BMX, I'll tell you what, that's um, not for the faint of heart. As no, you say. There, well, there's where they start from, they call it the big hill or the small hill, which is just kind of practice. I did ask that question um, of Lauren Reynolds, our three-time Olympian, our okay. only Aussie BMXer to achieve that, I might add. Uh, and she explained to me that from races, they only come off the big hill. Okay. Yep. Uh, I think that might be like snow sports terms. But I'm coming around. Sure. Yeah, versus start ramp. Uh, But she was also explaining to me that the Brisbane track is a really good one and that track design quite strongly changes between locations. Some tracks are better, some are worse. The more time you can spend on them, you know, the better, the more comfortable you can get. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's hometown advantage to the Aussies, which is something that doesn't really happen for, say, velodromes. Not to the same degree because... A velodrome has defining characteristics to a degree, but nothing that makes such an impact as course design does in BMX. Um, But it's really cool out there. So it's sold out, which is so cool. It's epic. I reckon it's going to be one of the hot ticket items come the uh, Olympics out there. Yep. Um, In fact, I had uh, Brisbane's Deputy Mayor, Krista Adams, Councillor Krista Adams was with me and she was talking to the event organisers about how they're going to erect more seating yep, to get more good. fans out there. So, you know, they're, they're realising how popular I'm guessing uh, Krista be. said that on camera with the local elections just a few weeks away. <laughs> no, she didn't, but she, she did realise she was um, – I was in her ward. Okay. Uh, so we had a good old chat <laughs> about the go. schools and good. the parks. And, um, you know, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't you know it, the uh, the park at the end of the street was mowed by the end of the day, Joel. Oh, no, incredible. That's not, it had been mowed before that. But <laughs> if not, I was going to give her a – 
give her a bingle. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's just really cool, the VMX. It just makes you realise the full spectrum of cycling. But the tech is really cool. Like their bikes with the disc brakes yeah. and even how compact they look and how big some of the athletes are and what they get these BMX bikes to do. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm kind of lost for words because I just was like, wow, yeah. this is unreal. You but, spoke about the yeah. course and I, I just love it. I love how intricate this course is and how suitable it is at certain times. Local hopes. Let's let's go to the Aussies. I know that we've got a couple of uh, yeah. highly successful BMX participants taking part. Uh, we do. I mean, we mentioned Sakakabara, Say yeah. Sakakabara earlier. She will be there. She is hot favourite to win. Lauren Reynolds as well. Um, in the men's, Isaac Kennedy is probably our big hope. Yeah. Uh, now, I know we need to move on, Joel, but I have to get this in. I did have a chat to him at the press conference. I asked all the serious questions, of course, uh, but he spoke very heartily about his dream of being an Olympian and how much that means to him. And traditionally for BMX, the Olympics weren't a pathway, um, but he's very heavily tattooed. And so I asked him if he'd saved room for Olympic rings. Yeah. And he had. Good. He said, I specifically saved a spot. Where? If I, I did didn't ask that. Well, okay. let's hope the guy that did yours doesn't do his, hey? Look, my... <laughs> My Olympic rings tattoo could be updated yeah. a little bit. Shots fired in the wheelhouse bunker. <laughs> let's stay <laughs> Thanks, on the Olympics yeah. uh, briefly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that. let's move on. Uh, Thank you. Wait hey, Isaac, check up. it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's Put not what to do. Put a photo on socials, maybe. Okay, great. Yeah. Mm, good chat. Okay. Like, share, subscribe. Okay. <laughs> um, I love I love the, the idea of BMX and the Olympics and tattoos and all of it. And I think you're so well qualified to talk about it especially the tattoos, but the whole Olympics side mm. as well. Take me back to Rio, yourself and a BMX. Yes, well, I, I worked with Merxy at the BMX in uh, Hello. in Rio, actually. Did you ride uh, for Australia? <laughs> I wasn't riding. I know, but you oh, could have. You came back. Well, no, it was quite funny because when we turned up and I was reporting, so asking the questions, it occurred to me very quickly that I knew the athletes very well. Yep. I'd done all my research on that and the sport, but... What I lacked was the vocabulary, more specific to BMX. Um, oh, okay, yeah. This is like know, when, when you hear surfing commentary. Yeah, yeah okay. you know, and, and so there was a, another lady from um, Canadian television and she had gone to the Olympics for snow sports. Yeah. Um, but again, more the kind of less X Games ones. So she was a bit like me. Anyway, we found this fella from Denmark yeah. who looked way cooler than us. We had, you know, like our khaki shorts and he had a Hawaiian shirt on or something and he looked really cool. Okay. So we went to him and said, hi, <laughs> like we know about the athletes and we've got sporting backgrounds ourselves, yeah. but is there any particular terminology? He talked us through it all. Uh, that would have been quite a lexicon. Yeah. Berms and flats and, and yeah. it was, I and mean, I don't know that it really mattered in the interviews, to be honest. Okay, so you I weren't saying like that was a gnarly. Uh, I thought about it, and I thought okay. it would be so disingenuous for me to say like you took that gnarly berm yeah. with too much speed. Yeah, or yeah, fully sick. Fully you must sick. be proper chuffed. But look, yeah. as it ended up, actually, our BMX campaign um, in Rio hit uh, a few too many 
jumps. Okay. Or uh, I tried to make but, that. Oh, work. I it see didn't. what you did. Sorry. Yep. But actually, a lot of the talk and the interviews were about the emotion of it because there were falls and disappointments and you know the the gravitas of being at Olympics. So at the end of the day. I didn't really have to use my newfound vernacular. Okay. At least yes. you got it up the sleeve for this weekend. Yes. Well, I felt gnarly. Did you use any with Isaac or Saya? I, I did not, no. no. I've never felt like such a boomer as no. I do saying gnarly. <laughs> I tell you what, Saya Sakakabara sums up that emotion. That I you did speak ask about her too. how to pronounce her name, too. Oh, good. What'd you get? Because I said in Australia, people do a bit of a bad job on it. And she looked quite dumbfounded and yeah. she said, Japanese names. They are said exactly how they are spelt. Yeah. So she's like, so if you can spell and read, you can. <laughs> so say ya sakakibara. Sakakibara. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible story. Incredible story. From right. the mouth of the legend herself. So much to ride for, <laughs> as always, as many of them will. So get out there and get amongst it uh, in in beautiful Brisbane. BMX World Championship Series comes to town now. Let's go from being happy and overjoyed and celebratory to getting annoyed and miffed and. Um, a little bit hot under the collar, Catherine, because there was a story this week out of the south, out of New South Wales, about a cyclist being fined, basically, for breaking, let's say, some pretty strict rules around e-bikes and bikes down there and had some people on social media saying, oh, it's a bloody nanny state, don't worry about it. Had others going, oh, yeah, another cyclist goes down. And a journalist choosing to celebrate that particular angle, the uh, cyclist-hating motorists have celebrated the unfortunate downfall of a man fined more than $1,500 for flouting and lesser-known bike rules. Cycling-hating motorists, Kate. Well, I mean, so let's clarify this from the get-go. If you do click on this clickbaity article, mm. news.com.au, I'm looking right at you, it has a picture of a road cyclist, lycra-clad. Uh, he's sitting not in the bike lane, which is... You know, he shouldn't do, yeah. but in is the traffic, cyclist, sitting up. Sorry to interrupt, but obviously the cyclist involved in the incident is in the photo, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. Just what? a generic image of a cyclist no. in the traffic who looks like your average mammal, you know. And yeah. so then it goes on to, and it's quite confusing, it goes on to talk about these $1,500 fines because he was riding an e-bike. There are all these laws, they mm. say, little-known laws um, or... You know, lesser known bike rules, they repeat it ad nauseum. Uh, but actually, what we're talking about when you read it three times and get to the bottom of it is it's some fella who's gone rogue and it's a bike, yeah, a bike cross motorbike yeah. that's not registered, but not an e bike, not what we call an e bike, no. not the kind of thing that you're going to bike bug to get. Yeah. Like a DIY kind of. Motorbike, a mo okay, job. a motorbike that that subject to the laws of the state requires registration and requires insurance. Yeah, I'm not a sure registrable. If that's just so the yep. fine was for using an unregistered but registrable yep. motor vehicle, and the other for using an uninsured motor vehicle, okay. and they're painting it. Like it's a bike. Yeah, because I, 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 I bought my Giant in the other week and you, you were very kind in saying, eh, good Giant. Did you happen to notice red That's Joe plates on that Giant? No, because no. it's not, it's unregistered because it's not a registrable motor vehicle. Yes. And so pretty much they've just created this forum to hate on cyclists but it's essentially false. It's literally, it's like saying... It's not saying, essentially false, it is false. Yeah, yeah. 
AFL fans rejoice that an English Premier League soccer player has been fined. Like what? We, yeah, what, why do we it care? really bugs me. It, it is incredible. Really like it's bugs look. Me. I see what you did there. It's uh, it's out of order. Let's be completely honest. And I see a lot of people have got behind this and and not behind it, but they've got uh, spoken out against it. I should say, basically saying stop tarring everyone with this brush. It's already an incendiary issue. We already know that there's tension in Australia more so than a lot of places around the world when it comes to cyclists and motorists. It's a an ongoing issue. This kind of shit is not doing anything no. to resolve that. It's not and doing anything to take us forward. It's, I mean, back in the days where Darren Hinch called us cockroaches. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. That really helped. And then uh, quite a high-profile uh, person in Sydney, uh, Sue Caddo, has come out and said it's not the bikes. We don't hate suck. We don't have bikes. Yeah. We hate people who ride them. So guns don't kill people kind of oh phrase. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Sure. It's okay. just like we, it's not that we want to dive into this and perpetuate it, but I do think that we have to call out the absolutely false reporting yeah. that is going on and creating a less safe environment on the roads for everybody, for pedestrians, for all road users. Yeah, I agree. So. News.com couldn't even be bothered getting a proper photo of the actual motorbike. But how about, I mean, I don't and, know. And yeah, that's it. I mean, Maxie, you know probably media laws a bit better than I do, but how can you put a photo of someone who's done nothing wrong who just happens to be there? Like a stock image. Yes, yeah, stock there, image. There are permissions around it. In but. as... Someone committing a crime. I'd be livided if that was me. That photo would need to be credited to the source. I, I don't believe it is. It's just a generic stock image. But Kate makes a really good point there. It's associating someone with a crime. We've seen stuff in the headlines recently about the photoshopping of images, all that kind of thing gets called out, gets smashed. This needs to be held to the exact same standards. And what, what gets me about this from a, from a journalism perspective is that this article goes on to clarify and explain what the laws mean and what the different weights and what the different requirements for a bike is. So why are you kicking off your article with this bullshit headline and this false image before going on to explain the issue? Now, like, I mean, that's really, really bad. Next, it's going to be, you know, like motorist, cyclists hate motorist for running red light. Like traffic infringements happen all the time when people break the laws. Yeah. Like that, that mm. look, the laws of New South Wales are the laws of New South Wales. It's up and to you to obey them, people. If you're yeah, a road user, obey them. But yeah. anyway, it's up to you to be across <laughs> them. Of course, it is. But it's up to those who are covering that sort of thing to be accurate in the way they're doing it and not not inflammatory. Kate. This is funny because we keep saying oh, anyway, and then we're back. <laughs> I, you know <laughs> what I love is inflammatory. I love what you said before. You said, "Merks, you've got a good understanding of the legalities around." It's like, have you ever listened to the Wheelhouse podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Chief Legal Counsel will run their uh, fine-tooth comb Indeed. over this episode, as they always do. We have do. a team of 12 high-priced lawyers. Now, let's move on and, and finish off on a lighter and a, a, a more yes. lovely note, a more friendly wrap-your-arms-around-the-sport kind of note. Uh, a feel-good moment for the, the legacy of Sir Hubert Opperman, one of the great names yes. in history. Straight he, away. he is. I mean, he is the forefather of cycling in Australia, one of our greatest ever history uh, makers on the bike. And uh, not only that, like he did some incredible things. He served parliament. He fought during the war. Uh, he established the Australian High Commission in Malta. Like he achieved a lot mm. as a human, did okay. well outside just the cycling um, exploits. But the cycling community does remember him for that. Uh, now, wonderfully, in his name, 
his family have donated $50,000 to the Byron Bay Wildlife Hospital um, to help it continue its wonderful care in caring for uh, injured and sick local wildlife, which I think is really cool. And they said that they were donating this money in his name because he was such a great lover um, of the country, of the wildlife, of the flora and fauna, and they felt that this is something, this is somewhere that he would want to see his um, philanthropic efforts go into. I love that. So I thought that was wonderful. Sir Hubert Opperman. Oppie, Oppie. Oppie. Yeah. The Oppie, that's our... Oppie to those who knew him or those who read Wikipedia. Yeah, it's our greatest cycling award given out uh, each year to the best Australian cyclist. The Oppie. The Oppie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so wonderful to see him continuing the wonderful legacy. The legacy lives on and reflects a very yes. diverse career portfolio It as certainly well. does. The that's koalas a much lighter of, note. of Byron Bay. Yeah. Thank you. That's, you know Oppie. what, 50... Uh, better go into the koalas. That would cover probably three or four... Uh, New South Wales finds as well if, <laughs> if they needed to but I'd much prefer seeing it go into the koalas for sure as would I um, okay so Wheelhouse Podcast episode countdown to 100 Catherine we're on the road it's been fun enjoy the weekend at the at the BMX I shall Take I'll do bike. some uh, sick moves on the gnarly berms awesome I'm stoked to hear that can't wait to hear all about it next week uh, when we come back and uh Elbow pads, knee pads, stack hat. Don't forget. Yep, exactly. Okay, like, (laughs) share, subscribe. Tell everyone you know we'll be back to rant and laugh and talk about many things. Not news, though, next week. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very much. Very, 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 very much.